Here's a quote. Love is our true destiny. We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with one another. Unquote. That's a true statement, I think. There's hardly a quibble or an argument to be made about the truth of that quote. We know that life is best lived in connection with one another. And that the best answer to the world's problems, our destiny, really is love. And we need to love with one another, not separated or alone. Living by the guide and the light of love, not hatred, not fear, not condescension, not judgment, not violence, not revenge. We know that we need to love, and the best way to do that is to be connected with one another. And what's surprising about that quote is who said it. The person who said that quote was someone who had no immediate family, had no spouse, had no children, had no siblings. He was an only child. His mother died when he was young. He had lived most of his life with a fairly cold and distant relationship from his father. But most surprising of all about this man who said this quote was that he was, of all things, a monk, one of the most isolated and separated callings of all. Yet this is what he discovered as the truth to life. It's not good to be alone. It's important to be connected with one another. This man who said that love is our destiny and that we find meaning with one another and not by ourselves was no one, nothing more than the great Thomas Merton, one of the great spiritual writers of this past century. Even in the secluded confines of his monastery, but surrounded by the companionship of Christian community, Thomas Merton discovered a feeling of togetherness, not from family, not from blood relatives, but from the greatest connection of all. The connectedness he felt with other Christian believers, not just in that monastery, but from what he sensed with Christians all around the world. And when Merton reflected on the power of Christian connection, of which he was a part, he said that quote, love is our destiny, and we can best find meaning not by ourselves, but with one another. It's a great quote from Merton. He's not the first to say something like it. The first person to say something like it was 2,000 years ago by Jesus in the very same scripture reading that Kathy read for us just moments ago. It's from John 15, and it took place in the setting of the upper room the night before Jesus died. Now, what's interesting is that the other gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, don't spend a whole lot of time giving us the details of what Jesus said and did the night before he died in the upper room. Only, on average, about 15 verses for each of those Gospels. But for John, he spends a whopping four whole chapters 
telling us what happened that night. Nearly a fifth of the entire book going blow by blow, word by word, exactly what the message was that Jesus wanted to tell the disciples. And what was that message? It could be distilled in this one line. Jesus said to his disciples, Folks, life isn't always going to be easy, but you're never going to be alone. That's a true statement too. Because it, it wouldn't be long, just a matter of hours, before Jesus would be taken from them. and They'd be left alone as Jesus would be arrested and tortured and eventually killed. Weeks later, he would leave them for a second time through the ascension, leaving them all by themselves. And there they would be huddled together in fear until the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And even after the Holy Spirit would arrive at Pentecost, their life would be far from easy. They would be put on the stand for their allegiance to Jesus. They would be mocked. Some of them would be tortured. Many of them would die a martyr's death. What Jesus told the disciples in this passage in the upper room was true enough. Life wouldn't always be easy. You know that. I know that too. But the second part of that statement is equally important. You will never be alone. And the way he decided to tell the disciples was through this fabulous image in which Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. All of you connected to each other, dependent on each other, interdependent on me. All of us are connected so that no matter what you go through in life, no matter what kind of forces prevail on you, no matter what moments of difficulty you experience, you are never going to be alone. You will always have a connection. Truer words by Jesus were hardly ever spoken. And if Jesus were around today physically to be an avid consumption of social media, I suspect he would spend some of his time watching YouTube videos. And he might particularly like one that I saw this past week. Because he would want to tell his disciples and tell each of us that sometimes, folks, life is like a certain baby buffalo. Several years ago, during a safari in South Africa, a team of videographers and photographers were on one side of a big reservoir capturing footage of animals on the other side of the lake. Watching as animals do what animals do in nature, they look for food. And rather than show you uh, the first part of this video in graphic detail, I think it's just easier to show you a still shot of something that really did happen and something that really does happen each and every day in nature. What you see there is a baby Cape buffalo that had found itself all alone, stranded along the shoreline of this big reservoir in South Africa. And quickly, this buffalo fell prey to a pack of hungry young lions. And we know what happens next. We are the veteran of many National Geographic videos, viewers of lots of Disney nature films, these lions got busy. 
attempting to bring the young calf down. But it gets worse. With the buffalo on the edge of the shoreline, the observers then notice the emergence of a crocodile through the surface of the water that had then grabbed the hind leg of this poor young buffalo who had become the unwitting rope in a tug of war between two of nature's fiercest predators. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Started with Mr. Peanut, now we're watching a buffalo die. What's going on here? Weirdest service ever. You know, as I was watching this video, I was actually, the preacher part of me was drifting back to the words of Jesus in the upper room. Folks, sometimes you're going to feel like the baby buffalo. Not, life is not always going to be easy said this to the disciples and could very easily be saying that to many of us, if not most of us this morning. Some of us feel like we are helpless prey to the forces of life, to the predatory forces of culture around us that would want to punish us for taking a stand for Jesus, for the withering, fatiguing anxieties of life that sink its claws into us that sap us of life and breath with every move that we make, only to find that around the next corner is another predator trying to grab our hind legs. It's the worst feeling in the world to feel like you are helpless. It's even worse to feel like you are alone. Oh, Jesus would say to those disciples, life isn't always going to be easy. But I'm the vine, you're the branches, and you know what? We're never alone. And that's why this video wound up being one of the most virally watched videos in all of 2007. Over 77 million people watched this video from the Kruger National Park in South Africa. Jesus never saw this image of the baby buffalo, but he certainly envisioned the possibility of what comes next. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And the rest of this video illustrates that point, the importance of being connected to God and to each other. No, they're going to come and try and chase the lion, but I think they're too late. I think you're right. They're way too late now. No, they're going to chase them. Come on. No, they're too late. Oh, look at the teeth. Look at them. Look at the teeth, Jay. Look at them. You're too late. You're too late. You guys, you cannot believe what's going on here. There's a big area between lions, crocodiles, and buffaloes. Look at them all. 
Whoa! He swatted at him and kicked at him. He's kicking at him. Look, he's kicking at him. Ooh, they got him surrounded. Jason, where are you going to walk past? You got the lion on him, right? Where did you get the beast? The other one's doing that. Jason. The calf's still alive. It is? Yeah, it's trying to get away. It's standing up. It's Two Gee, they chased him away. But you see that bump like further on in the air? Yes. Yeah, I got him. I mean, you know I wasn't going to show you a video unless the baby buffalo lived, right? Someone after the early service came up to me and said, you know, lions have to eat too. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's for another sermon. For now, the buffalo wins and we all feel good. Because the truth of the matter is, there is freedom to be found in connection. That is what Jesus was telling the disciples. Even when life feels like it is at its worst, there is freedom to be found in being connected to God and with one another. So regardless of how dysfunctional your family is, regardless of how many broken relationships you've experienced in your past, regardless of how hard it is to find a friend that you can trust, by virtue of you being connected in Christian community through this church, you have the only connection that matters. And what's more, the fact that you're part of a United Methodist Church means that your connection spans all around the world. Think of it. In this very moment, right now, somewhere on the planet, there are people who are living like these baby buffaloes who think they're alone, but they're not because of the United Methodist connection. Somewhere in Latin America, there's a family who's struggling to find clean water and sustainable food. 
And the herd of buffalo called the United Methodist Church is there to teach them new water and food technologies. Somewhere in Africa, there's a young man who feels called to Christian ministry so that he can go back to his village and share the good news with his brothers and sisters just like someone shared it with him. And so the United Methodist Church is there to provide that man with a scholarship so he could learn from a seminary in Africa. Somewhere in Haiti, there is a village that has been ravaged by Hurricane Matthew, and they feel all alone, but they're not. The United Methodist Committee on Relief has been there since the waves were crashing to provide relief and long-term help. Somewhere in this country, there's a drug addict who's struggling against his addiction, There's a family who's struggling from loss, from broken relationships. There's a church that's struggling for new vitality and hope. And in every place where there is a young baby buffalo struggling to survive, the United Methodist Church is there through our connectional system, giving hope, drop-kicking lions, and pummeling crocodiles. That's why in the United Methodist Church, It is a hallmark of our denomination that we are committed to the connection. And that's why the final of our six core values is that we are connection committed. Because all of those examples that I gave you and so much more are a reminder that you are a part of making God's love real all around the world. Whether you know it or not. Simply by being a part of Hyde Park United Methodist Church, you are part of that connection. A large percentage of the income that comes into our offering plate every single Sunday doesn't stay here on this campus. It gets spread through our connectional giving all around the world. Through our apportionments, as well as through our partners with mission agencies and missionaries all around the world. And you can find out more about that by going to the courtyard, to our Ministry of Money Expo, and picking up your stewardship packet today. Because your way of being connected all around the world, in part, comes from the way that you give of your financial resources. Jesus was right, of course. Through our connectedness with one another, we can help others find freedom. But you know what? You can also find freedom for yourself. Brothers and sisters, it probably doesn't take too long for you to think about ways that you, right at this very moment, feel like you have fallen prey to the predatory forces of life. You can probably fill in the blank very quickly to describe the kinds of teeth and jaws that are sinking into your life, sapping you of hope and life, helping you, looking for help to simply make it one day at a time. I want to let you know that the word freedom is one of the most important words in the Christian lexicon. God does not desire for us to be held in bondage shackled by the predatory influences of life. And in fact, God has given us a way out of our despair, a gift called God's grace. 
that is given to us, by the way, for free, without cost, without expectation from us to earn it or deserve it. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about that word free. It's all going to begin here with the idea that God has given us this amazing gift to help us be free from all that saddles us. And that gift is the gift of Jesus, who was given to us without cost. Next week, we'll talk more fully about the many things that are shackling us, holding us down, and help us to discover what freedom might look like. And then on October 30th, we will set free ourselves through our commitments of our lives so that we can continue to make the world more like the kingdom that God has envisioned. But for now, the word for us is freedom that comes from connection, a gratitude that can come to us when we acknowledge all that God has given to us. And as we learn to invest ourselves in the connection of this church, as you become more fully invested through worship and small group and service, you will discover for yourself that even though life won't always be easy, you will never truly be alone because we have each other in this church. Because Jesus is the vine and you are the branches. We are connected to one another such that apart from each other we can do nothing. But with each other, we can nourish the world and bear fruit for one another. Let's pray. Oh God, so many of us today feel like that baby buffalo, trapped, helpless. We might even feel like Thomas Merton in his early days, alone, broken, feelings of abandonment. But we thank you for this gift. The gift of your grace, the gift of this church that's been given to us for free. You call us to this reminder that we need each other and we need you. And we are called to support your kingdom through our prayers and our presence and indeed our gifts and service as we bear witness to the world. Call us to a deeper way of living. Help us to depend on each other, just as you have given yourself for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.